Hello out there, all you doobie listeners. I am Adam Venrick, and you are listening to The Coffee Hour, my premier podcast brought to you by The Doobie Station. I am so glad to be with you all today. This week, I had the pleasure to sit down with two very enjoyable people. Both are musicians and singer-songwriters. One of them is also an actor, currently appearing in the play Tiny Beautiful Things, which is being put on through this weekend, uh, assuming, of course, again, that you are listening to this show live, by Columbus's own Available Light Theatre Company, and based on the book by Cheryl Strayed, it is a true story based on Strayed's experiences uh, writing for her Dear Sugar advice column. I had the pleasure of seeing it this past weekend, and I can tell you firsthand that it is funny. It's deeply moving. I know it's cliched to say this, listeners, but I truly laughed and I cried while watching it, and I truly believe you will be too. I don't think there was a dry eye in the house. I also believe that no one didn't laugh. It's a, it's a really fantastically performed play, I would say. Um, the second of our guests is a talented composer, uh, a student peer of mine here at Denison University, where I, I have the privilege of broadcasting this show every week. Um, he's composed music for plays like Sense and Sensibility. Um, both of them are co-founders of the band Clever Space Plants. Uh, Doobie listeners, please welcome Diego Ruby and Jaden Richeson as a word of warning before we begin. This interview was conducted over the phone, and since I believe in presenting interviews primarily in their unedited form, uh, you're going to hear Jaden hop on uh, a couple minutes in. So with that in mind, listeners, let us move on to the interview. Hello, Doobie listeners. It is currently 5.05 p.m. on Tuesday, November the 5th. That is Election Day here in Ohio. Uh, I am currently in the Mulberry Recording Studio at Denison University, uh, conducting my weekly interview for this, The Coffee Hour. My guest this week is a playwright, an actor, and a musician, uh, please welcome Diego Ruby. It's great. Hello. It's great to have you with us, Diego. How are you? I'm doing really well. All right. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, it's an honor. Um, you have supported the show in the past, and that has been very, very. Oh yeah, I, I, I listened to the episode with uh, where you interviewed uh, Dr. John Jackson. That was a. Uh, um, Really good episode. Thank you. That was, uh, for listeners that might uh, have missed that one, that was uh, an episode entitled New Religious Coffee. It was the fourth episode of the program. Um, All right, Diego, let's get right into it. You are currently uh, appearing in a a theater production in Columbus. It is called Tiny Beautiful Things. It is based on a novel by, I hope I'm saying this right, is it Cheryl Strayed or Cheryl Strayed? Yep. Cheryl Strayed. Cheryl Strayed, yep. All right. Yeah, it's it's, uh, based on a book she wrote called Tiny Beautiful Things, which... um, 
was basically written from it's a collection of letters that were submitted to her anonymously online uh, when she was writing for an online advice column uh, between the year 2010 and 2012. So um, some of these letters were cut down and then arranged into a 90-minute play by the playwright Mia Vardalos, who also wrote the movie Group uh, my Big Fat Greek Wedding, which you might be familiar with. Hello? Oh. Uh, hello, Jay. Hi. Hi. Sorry, I was a couple minutes late. It's all right. Uh, Doobie listeners, we're currently joined by our, our second uh, guest this week, um, a musician and Denison student, Jaden Richeson. Welcome, Jaden. Thank you. Yeah. All right. We were, we were currently um, talking about... Diego, your uh, Cheryl Strayed writing her book that became this play that you're in. Yeah. Uh, so th- this play was uh, uh, adapted from the book, um, and it it it's a really beautiful, special play. Um, being a part of it has been awesome. It runs uh, this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, if if you're listening to this uh, sometime, the, basically the last uh, performances are November seventh, November eighth, and November 9th, uh, All of them at eight p.m. Um, and if you have the chance to come see it, it's a really special play. There's a lot of like really human stuff in it. Uh, you're gonna want to give like a lot of people hugs afterwards. <laughs> like it's a it's a it's a touching piece. It's kind of sad. Bring tissues, but like. It, it's you'll leave feeling good, feeling better for having seen it. I think it's not it's it, it's not the bad kind of cry. No, <laughs> at least I hope not. Uh, um, and in fact, I can attest to that, having seen it uh, this past weekend. It is, in fact, a very good cry. It's also a deeply funny play. Uh, at times, but I, I'll be honest, I, as a theater goer, can't remember the last time that I actually wept at a play. It was incredibly moving. Um, and Diego, that's being produced by a, uh, by a local Columbus based company. Is it not? Yeah, it's being produced by available light theater. Um, uh, some, uh, Denison students might, um, recognize the name Available Light Theater because they've done a couple of shows um, at Denison, like shows that they have produced other places they've brought to Denison. Uh, I remember my freshman year seeing a production of Pride and Prejudice that they did here, uh, and then I remember um, they brought another play. I can't remember what it was called. It was called uh, How We Got On. It was a play about like hip-hop in the Midwest that they brought here. Um, I think that might have been like 2017 or something. So they've uh, brought some plays to Denison. Uh, the current artistic director of Available Light Theater is a Denison professor, uh, Eleni Papaleonardos, um, who was my acting teacher when I was a Denison student. Um, and yeah, they, they produce a lot of really good work in Columbus. Um, the plays that they choose to pick are like just amazing. And like, I don't know, that's probably my favorite thing about AVLT is the, the, the work they choose to produce. There's just like their, 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 their process and everything. Like they're definitely very process oriented apart from being very product oriented. Like they, I don't know. I think their, their, their work is like good for your soul 
Well, if we're uh, if we're getting into uh, an artistic profile of the both of you, uh, Diego, what does that look like being process oriented in theater making? Um, yeah, I I think that um, when you're when you're like when you're working on a piece of theater or anything that's like really like intensely collaborative, um, I think in our uh, capitalist society it's really easy to get caught up on trying to make the best product possible um, and in doing that you ignore what's important which is the other people that you are working with and um, I think because everyone who's involved in an artistic process um, has a myriad of different perspectives and experiences and um, ideas and things that can contribute to like the artistic sum of what it is you're creating so I think that um, that <sighs> hmm <laughs> I'm sorry I lost my train of thought it's I don't right. know what I was it's quite alright um, but yeah yeah um let's jump to you Jaden um you are as long as I've known you you have been a very very serious musician you uh you composed the score for a play that I once had the pleasure of acting in Sense and Sensibility um and you both of you are uh co-founders of a band uh what is that band called? Uh, clever space plants. Yeah, clever space plants. Yes. Uh, what can you What can you tell our listeners about clever space plants? Well, <laughs> do you want to talk to me? Go. Uh, yeah, you can go for it. Okay. Uh, well, to me, clever space plants is a band that uh, I guess strives to create. Um, electronic poppy music that also has a little bit of uh, grit to it in this uh, in a textural sense um, and also brings in um, aspects of rap and hip-hop and trap music uh, into uh, different different songs and and probably most songs actually I would say a lot of songs uh, are have trap like beats and if they don't they they also usually will have some other sort of uh, hip hop inspired something, mm-hmm. rapping or uh, uh, something of that nature, sampling. Uh, but yeah, I would say it's it's a nice mix of, of, of poppiness and um, of electronic and hip hop kind of all, all mashed together. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I think it's kind of like our take on on. Um on bedroom pop and the, like lo-fi hip-hop and those kind of like anime beats that you study to or whatever that's like um takes a lot of like uh cliches or bars a lot or samples a lot from like uh pop music and rock music and uh, a lot of the ideas that we're pulling from uh in terms of just like pop music or like um uh that kind of structure things that we're taking from is very like um related to like the trap music zeitgeist of now with the like hi-hats and like the kind of drums we choose to use and the like kind of like 
ear candy that we're like trying to make, but then bring our own spin to it and make it dreamy and lo-fi and like, um, I don't know, sound beautiful and nostalgic. So who are, uh, actually for our listeners who might not know, how would you define trip hop or trap? I'm sorry. How would you define trap music? How do you define trap music? Trap. Uh, wait, sorry, rap or trap? Trap. You've trap been talking music? about trap, yeah. I think trap music, like, trap music has kind of gone beyond, like, like way beyond, like, it's, like, humble origins as, like, underground hip-hop of, like, Atlanta. Um, I think that, like, you could very much make the argument that, like, uh, current pop music isn't real trap or uh and i'm not and i'm not like really one to say that and i'm not i i don't pretend to be somebody who like uh is it like really like deeply understands the culture that like trap music comes from um but it's uh, i i i think in, in in the current sense the like popular music hip-hop sound is trap music because it like it 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 takes it the like sonic ideas from uh i don't know like gucci Mane in 2005 you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like um like i i think for the last like five years or so like if you listen to hip-hop beats if you listen to um how sounds have changed over time. The the way the hi hats are, um, like in thirty second notes or like sixteenth notes, like really really fast and like patterns and stuff. And there's like a big eight oh eight kick, and like snares are generally like short and snappy and very like sparkly. Um, and it it sounds. Um, I think at least trapped in the like current mainstream, like where we are right now in 2019, a lot of the time sounds dark and moody, and in a way, it's like um, it's a weird kind of place for pop music to be because it's music that's like fast enough for you to dance to, but slow enough for you to just like sit and be sad to. And I I think that's interesting because I can't think of other like um um popular musical zeitgeist that have had as unique uh, uh, a, a, a a sonic style or like a um a sonic handbook as trap because most trap music like is made with very simple like drum samples and like the the 808 sounds that get sampled in a lot of trap um, songs today aren't um, they aren't like especially fancy or anything like that like they're they're, I don't know they can't I'm sorry it's okay yeah Um, maybe another question then for both of you um and this is one I actually, I, I've known you both, um, but I don't know the answer to this. How did you two, and when did you two uh, form this band? Um, well, so um, there had been times where 
I, because because I, I live at the homestead now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't live there last year um, when Diego lived there. Um, we met in the fall there, but I had I had friends here uh, that I knew, and um, I had met Diego once before when we went to a, a Super Organism concert, who's uh, a pretty cool, I would say, like sort of experimental pop band, um, and. I had gone to the homestead a couple times after that, uh, and we both had, a, I would say, we had different music tastes, um, but similar sensibilities, I guess, in uh, artistically, and like thought it would be cool to make music together. So there was like a couple times in the fall that we sort of just like met in Mulberry and like tried to like make music but we, we never finished any full songs um uh but that was that was like fun and we just did that and then it wasn't until the spring when I was started spending more time at the homestead that we decided to go ahead and and make more music together and once we did that we were like oh you know we should we should like start a band like that would be cool mm-hmm. and so then we did <laughs> All right. Um, that's, that's a good story. And then, Jaden, as I, I mentioned, you, uh, you composed a score for a play that I was in. Uh, how, long, how long have you been uh, interested in music, I would say? Like, what got you started in music? Yes. So I, I um, started playing piano when I was, uh, like, nine or ten, uh, and I took piano lessons, and I wasn't, like, super into it. Like, I wouldn't, like, practice ever or anything like that. But I had, I had like, a pretty good ear, so it wasn't hard for me to, like, like play very simple songs. And then once I started, like, getting assigned songs that were a little bit harder, I, I devoted more time to it um, and started being like, oh, actually, I really like this. And not only that, but, like, I can write songs on the piano if I want to like I can just do that because even though I didn't have a very good understanding of theory I like I still knew like oh all the white keys sound good together (laughs) like you know so it wasn't hard for me to to write songs on the piano that I thought were pretty good at the time and they're like I had I had um then started trying to notate them out and that worked that took me a while but it was fine um and so from there I knew I knew I really liked writing music um but I didn't start doing it I guess seriously until coming to college and I I thought I wanted to major in music before even coming here and once I did it just kind of became cemented that that was what I wanted to do and I'm still doing it. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, and then, Diego, I guess, similar question for you. Uh, what got you interested in uh, theater making? In theater making? Yeah. Um, the first play I was cast in was when I was 17, so it was, like, late high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just kind of auditioned for it because, like, I really wasn't, like, doing anything else, and I was, like, kind of bored. Uh, I didn't expect to, like, really, really like it, but... Um, I, yeah, I left high school having done some plays for fun, 
Uh, and then I came into college wanting to like do theater to like explore myself creatively or like what I wanted to do. Cause like, I wasn't exactly sure like, uh, where my artistic ambitions were because like I wanted to, uh, like I was very interested in music. I was very interested in, uh, film. I was very interested in a lot of things. Uh, but uh, I took a couple of theater classes at Denison and then I was like pretty sure that like for at least the time I was there like I just wanted to like focus on learning as much as I could about like about like that art form because I don't know because the medium is is the message and there's something about like something very personal about theater that like I feel like allows people to express themselves very authentically um and I wanted to pursue that as much as I could while I was at Denison. Interesting. And now you're you're doing it professionally with available lights, with tiny beautiful things. Um, what uh, what would you say is what would you like to do next, Diego? What would I like to do next? What would you like to do next? Um. So- <laughs> So, it, it, are you at, like, what am I doing next? Sure. Like, like, what do you mean by next? Yeah, um, I'm, that is a confusing question. Um, yeah, so after Tiny Beautiful Things, do you have anything lined up? Do you have anything planned? Yeah, I, right. I, I do have a plan. I have a, a, a one-person show that I've written uh, for myself, uh, and I plan on producing it. Um either in Columbus or Cincinnati right now I'm thinking about like uh, my options I I may produce it somewhere in Columbus I may submit it to the Cincinnati French Festival Um, but yeah so once I'm done with this play I'm going to start working on one that I wrote uh, for myself and uh, what what can you what can you tell us if you don't mind about the one you wrote for yourself what can we look forward to what's it about um you can look forward to uh <laughs> you know I I kind of don't want to tell you um you can look forward to uh uh a weird and wild sci-fi adventure that is uh, deeply touching and moving and will leave you feeling inspired. That's that, all I'll tell you. That sounds wonderful. Um, also a wonderful way to tease an audience that's... Now I really... Now I have to go see it. Um... <laughs> So then I guess uh, same question about the band. You, uh, incidentally, you did wind up recording a lot of songs together. You put out an album. You are working on another one, I believe. Um, Remind me the name of your first album. Yeah, our first album is called Main Menu. Our second album, which we have not revealed the name yet, but like... uh, Jaden, how it, sh- sh- can we reveal it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll reveal it right here for the first time on on your radio show. Wow! Uh, our second album is called Debris, and it'll come out uh, pretty soon. Uh, we can't give you exact dates yet, but uh, keep your eyes peeled for it. Our second album, Debris, um, 
which most of the songs are done uh, we just have some things we need to figure out in terms of like releasing it mm-hmm. but um, that'll be out soon and it'll it'll uh, I think uh, our new album um, fleshes out a lot of the ideas that we played with in the first one because the first one was about like eight songs and it was a lot of it was like a collage of like a bunch of different things we can do because we had just formed as a band and we just kind of wanted to like show off our skills and it kind of uh, create some interesting like soundscapes for um, where we could possibly go creatively um, and I at least to me this new album feels like us uh, exploring all those creative places that we set up to explore in the first one. Yes, I agree with that. I, I, I think that um, this one, at least to me, this new one feels more polished than the last because we, we really only spent a few months on the last, on the first album that we wrote. Um, yeah. We started writing it in the very um, end of March, beginning of April, and we had... Oh, I guess it was actually a very short amount of time. Yeah. Um, we, we had a release party in May, um, and so yeah, I guess that's a pretty a pretty short amount of time to write these songs. Um, and and we basically immediately started working on this one after that after we released that album. Um, and so we we started working on it in uh, the middle end of May. And now it's November, so we've been um, putting a lot more more time and um, probably effort as well into yeah. this new album. So our, our last one, we had like no songs, and we we're like three weeks from now, we're having a party. We're gonna play everything we write. We're inviting all our friends, and so that's where that first album came from. Was three weeks of like, oh, we gotta like, <laughs> we gotta get this together. Whereas this this new one, we're really like trying to take our time with it and like be intentional about uh, all of the pieces. Interesting. Um. Gosh, I guess my next question would be, what would you, what would you both, what would you both ultimately like to be doing five years from now? Ooh, um, I would very much still like to be writing music. I would like to be um, better at using music, music writing software and understanding it um, more fully. I think like um, something like Ableton or Logic is like this um, this thing that even no matter how hard you try, you just keep barely scratching the surface because there's so many ins and outs to them. Um, and I'm excited to like become way more acquainted with them, which I feel like I already have with, with Ableton, which is what we um, primarily use for clever space plans and I want to like keep broadening that knowledge and I would love to play more live shows and like um, like I I guess I, in, a, in a perfect world it would be amazing to like be able to make money off of clever space plans um, but if that's not the case, I think I I would also still like to be still like to be a part of it and writing music and um, performing, if not just for fun and just pursuing as many other artistic endeavors as I can and hopefully making money off of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and then Diego, what about you? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, same. Uh, I'm, I, I'm, in, I'm in it for the long haul. I, I have no plans of quitting Clever Space Plans in the next next five years. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I think that I am... I, I, I really think that me and Jaden, like, have, uh, <sighs> this is going to sound so, like, corny. And no, like, it's okay. And, and, like, uh, I don't know, but we found something, like, really special with the way uh, the two of us connect and the way the two of us collaborate and the way the two of us are able to like share ideas and turn those ideas into music uh, and I think what we have is something like really really special and I think that uh, in three weeks like when we set that like first deadline of oh we're going to do a show for all our friends like the album we made in those three weeks I think was like really really good and I've been making music for a long time but like something about Clever Space Plants just feels really right and really special that like the piece that we made I really just means a lot to me and this new album that we're working on like I think even more so and I would just love to see where Jaden and I are five years from now because we I think our art will only continue to grow and get better. And I see us just writing together and keep working, continuing to work on our craft and continuing to grow as people and as artists. And, uh, yeah. That's really lovely. Um, for something, for something uh, a little funnier, um, Diego, you, we kept saying the phrase five years, um, and it made me think of something. Um, could you explain for our listeners uh, your David Bowie and Kanye West theory? Oh, okay, yeah. So, first of all, this is not my theory. I did not invent this. Um, I read it somewhere on, like, maybe Reddit. So, I think if you Google it, you'll probably... Um, be able to find a more in-depth explanation uh but basically in david bowie's album uh ziggy stardust and the spiders from mars there's a sign that says k west on On the cover on the cover um and that album came out in 1973 i think i think and the first song is five years and then it's like five years after that song came out Kanye West was born um and then there's a few other ties between Kanye and uh David Bowie and I think his David Bowie's last album is called Black Star uh and then I think there are some references or like hidden things that could be um interpreted as being about Kanye West in that album. So they're just kind of, I think, spiritually related. Although, I don't know. <laughs> Adam, have you heard uh, Jesus is King? I haven't yet. All right. Well, I I am a... I, I even feel weird calling myself a Kanye West fan because I used to be the biggest Kanye West fan. I, I remember. Jesus is King is, is bad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I, is it ever a good sign when a when a company has to re-release the album with notes about the things they fixed? Well, okay, so that's actually a thing that Kanye does. Okay, uh, he started doing that with Life is Pablo, with the Life of Pablo, which is my favorite Kanye album. Um, which at the time I listened to it, I did not like it, but mm-hmm. now three years later, it's my favorite. Um, he, he released several different versions of it, and then he kept going back and changing the mix and um, like tweaking stuff here and there, and then adding songs and then splitting songs up. Like it used to be that Frank Ocean would have a um, verse at the end of the song Bulls, uh, but then he cut that out, and then on one version, and it was just gone. And then the next version, he added it as a separate track. Like he's been changing this album for like a while. And then I think that the the newest version of it is the best one there is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not totally against it in terms of like people making something that's perfect. Um, uh, but then again, it's kind of like why release it if it's not perfect? Uh, and it does kind of seem to me it's just kind of like a Spotify scheme to like get the streams up because people are going to want to go listen to it after um, uh, it's like oh Kanye changed the album so people are going to go listen to the new version for the changes uh-huh. uh, and then of course it's like 20 songs like albums get really really albums that come, are coming out now are always really really long and that's yeah, they for Spotify uh, because you get more plays that way and because streams now count as a percentage for like your charts when you're charting then if Drake releases a 30 song album then he's gonna get more plays off of that than if you release a 10 song album you know yeah yeah so, um, I think I, 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 I think back to about Kanye I think um, there is something like kind of lightning in a bottle about getting a song unmixed and then he like changes it later and whatever and there's different versions out there like the original version of the first song on Yay I think it's so much better than the new version that's on Spotify now um, and I think it's cool that we get these different versions of stuff but I mean it, 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 there, there is a part of me that thinks like it is a little obnoxious to continually be changing um, just slight things. Mm-hmm. Although, I don't know. I don't know. I think somebody could maybe one day do it like really, really well, where like there's an album and then the songs just entirely change and like the titles don't or something, you know? <laughs> like, I think there's much more creative things that like can be done with streaming music nowadays. Mm-hmm. Well, and. Yeah. And I would say, you know, that does raise the question of, is art ever really done, or is it abandoned? But I guess my follow-up would be, is Kanye West the type of person that would do what you 2 did and just drop an album into everyone's iTunes overnight? Into what? Into yeah. everyone. Oh, did you not? Um, so you two, a few, the band you two. Oh yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah. About this. yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I think Kanye would definitely do that. I'm like, I'm like upset with Kanye right now. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I don't know, talking about Trump and like all this other stuff, and is very just like into Jesus right now mm-hmm. and about how Jesus is going to save him and like. I, 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 I'm just waiting for him to like 
I don't know. No one cares about my opinions about Kanye, but like, I, I'm just a disgruntled ex-Kanye fan who thinks he's capable of far better than what he's currently doing. <laughs> well, I think that's a good uh, summation of, of you right now, Diego. Um, and I would say that makes for, I would say that almost makes for a natural stopping point, but I do want to ask one more thing of, uh, of both of you. Uh, is there anything that you would have liked to have covered during this interview that we didn't cover? Mm. Um, keep your eyes out for our album, mm-hmm. Debris by Clever Space Plants. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I promise you it'll be better than Kanye's new album, Fun and Longer. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can't think of any any uh, other topics, but um, if you want to have updates on, on when our album is coming out, you should follow our Instagram, which is just clever space plants with no no caps, no spaces, no anything. It's just clever space plants. So if you want to, to know exactly when our album is coming out, then you should just follow us there. All right. Well, I want to thank you both for your time and wish you well. Diego, I hope the rest of the run goes very well. Thank you very much. um, Yeah, come see see Tiny Beautiful Things. It uh, it runs November 7th, 8th, and 9th, uh, 2019, uh, downtown at the Rife Center in Columbus. Parking is free in the basement. It's a really beautiful play. And, oh, one more thing that I think is interesting about Available Lights, uh, the tickets are pay-what-you-want, aren't they? Yes. That's such yeah, an so interesting it, model. It has pay-what-you-want tickets, which I think is really, really good in terms of making theater accessible to everybody, uh, because I think uh, a lot of times just the price of theater tickets inhibits a lot of uh, the potential audience who would come see it from seeing it, uh, but they pay... I, the pay what you want uh, model has like uh, to my knowledge has worked really really well for Available Light uh, and I would love to see more theater companies kind of take inspiration from that and work to make theater more accessible to everyone alright well thank you both for your time um, and I'm going to let you both get going uh, this has been Adam Venrick with Diego Ruby and Jaden Richardson for The Coffee Hour And thank you all for listening. My thanks again for, uh, to Diego and Jaden for their time. Uh, Diego's play, uh, tiny, beautiful things as has been mentioned is still running as of the time of this recording at the Rife center down in Columbus and their new album debris will be out soon. Uh, this has been Adam Venrick for the coffee hour and the doobie. Signing off and wishing you a very good week. Thank you.